0: Up and get out of bed. Don't delay your sleepy head. Grab a seat on the couch. Listen to what we're talking about in a Saturday morning pajamas. Hello and welcome, Porcel Full of Cereal. Grab a spot on the couch and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. I'm your host, Jax, and today I'm going to kick off what we'll be referred to as the Tom Hanks series. I know I keep bringing up new series, but I'm just not very creative at thinking up better names for little special editions. Basically, what this is going to be is I'm going to be delving into some of the lesser-known, older Tom Hanks movies uh, from the 80s, early 90s, before he got all serious and oscar winnery. Uh, back, we're talking things like The Burbs and... A leak of their own. Um, And I'm sure there's others. But this is something that's going to be a great thing for us all to enjoy as we learn about these older movies that, you know, I haven't seen for a while. Not on TV all the time. So we're going to go right into it. Our first entry is going to be 1990's Joe vs. the Volcano. This is one of those times, I'm not sure if it's the first time they teamed up. But it feels like it to me. Uh, This movie stars Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Shocker, like they've never been anything else together. Um, And the interesting interesting thing about this movie is Meg Ryan actually plays three different roles in this movie. She plays... Let's see here. I am having to remember... I know she plays two sisters. I can't remember what the third one is. Um, Full disclosure, I actually didn't just watch this movie. I saw this movie a few weeks, months-ish ago, uh, but it was the first time I'd seen it in years, and this was one of those movies I just loved when I was younger, and I want to share with all of you. So, let's get into the plot. Our plot stars the man named Joe. Joe, really? Couldn't have guessed from the title. Joe is played by Tom Hanks, and Joe basically, well, to put it bluntly, his life sucks, He works at this soul-crushing job. His office is, like, in a basement with the fluorescent lights that hum and flicker and the olive pukey green walls and just everything is depressing. Joe, for lack of a better term, most likely has, has depression, which we know now, but this was 26 years ago. Oh, God, I'm old. And he basically... At that time, he just wasn't sure what was wrong. It wasn't widely talked about with uh, mental issues as such. One day, when going to a different doctor, Joe is told that he has what's called a brain cloud. Basically, this brain cloud is a very serious disease, and he's told he has six months to live. Shortly after this, finding out this news, Joe is approached by... Uh, which. Rich, white, old man who wants to make him a deal. See, rich, white, old man, he makes his living trading, doing rich, white, old man things. And one of those is he has a deal with these natives on uh, some Polynesian island that in exchange... You know, I really can't remember. The brain cloud thing is actually the thing that makes the most sense about this part of the story. <laughs> Basically, to cut short, the natives believe that they need a sacrifice to their volcano god in order to be prosperous. And if they don't, they're going to go to hell. Well, Joe's dying anyways. So, rich white old man makes Joe a deal. If, this ritual, if the old man gives Joe a shit ton of money... Joe can then go have some fun, you know, enjoy himself for a little bit, and then he'll jump in the volcano since he's going to die anyways. You know, win-win. Joe gets to live out his last time having fun and gets to skip that whole part about slowly dying and being horrible. And old man gets to keep his business prosperous because he has to sacrifice for the natives. Works out. We, so Joe accepts, he quits his job in like a spectacular fashion, like tells his boss to go off and shove it or whatever, and then he goes shopping with the credit card. Certainly one of the more funner moments, um, a limo was hired for Joe by a rich white old man, and it's, he, Joe being, you know, not understanding how the rich work, he's actually polite and friendly with his chauffeur, and they become kind of friends actually. Um Joe actually buys him a couple things and all is good. It's a great montage, really shows you the personality of Joe. He buys like this great luggage set. Like I'm talking these things are good four feet tall and mm, two, three feet wide, and they just are really they look more like trunks, but they're actually suitcases. And the reason I bring this up is because it's actually it's a plot point. <laughs> Um, but he buys these, he actually even buys like a little, he buys a little mini putt-putt golf, like a travel putt-putt golf course thing. So there's like a cup and there's like a little green to putt- putter on. I- I'm sure someone just bought this out of one of those magazines that used to come randomly in the mail full of random Jim and Jam. Um, that this is one of those potty-putty thing, potty-putter things. But you know what shows off Joe's personality? Like he's like, I'll take up golf. but putt um, he even gets a ukulele, which I think is just really cute. So, once all that's complete, now it's time for Joe to make his travels to the Polynesian Island. And I swear, it seems like this is only a couple days later. So, when you tell somebody they have six months to live, and then suddenly within inside of a week, you're just sending them off to their destination. I think Joe's actually gained a little bit more of the short end of the stick here. What have you. Um, so... First things first, he needs to, he meets up with, some, he flies, I think, he meets up with the first of Meg Ryan's personas, which is, a uh, her word is flirty gibbet, and uh, she's basically an airhead, all about daddy's money, and she has this horrible accent, and a really, really bad red wig, but it's Meg Ryan playing the daughter of which white old man, and Joe meets her, and they get along, you know, he's kind of like, okay, she's interesting, but head pat were cool. So there's like some scenes there that really aren't that important, so I'm not remembering them. Then he has to take a boat to get the rest of the way to the island. And this boat is oh, before I go to the boat, uh, the first of Meg Ryan's personas was actually his co worker at Evil Business. She actually kind of had a crush on him, but when he told her he was dying, she kind of flipped out and was like nothing ever happened with that buddy romance. So she was there, so she was the co-worker, then she was the flirty gibbet daughter. Now she's also on the boat, she is the more self-assured, I'm going to go my own way, do my own thing daughter of rich white old man. Um, I Names for these people don't really matter because they're all Meg Ryan, but basically this one is more of the true Meg Ryan character we've come to know and love. Um, I think she plays this character actually the best, and she has to deal with her dad. If she... She's piloting, or captaining her dad's boat, her dad's yacht, but if she takes Joe to the island, she is to keep the boat. Well, that sounds great and all if there wasn't such thing as a weather and a tropical storm that basically killed the boat. And everyone perishes except for Joe and Meg Ryan. Um, Joe actually saves her during the storm, and, hmm, they're in the middle of the ocean, we need something to float on. Hey, remember that luggage I mentioned? It pops up. Joe ties it together. And him and Meg Ryan basically float on the on the luggage and live off the food and water and other little things that happen to be in there for a day or two. I'm really bad at the timeline of this movie. So, you know, as movies would have it, you know, whatever, we basically get from middle to ocean... They wind up at the island they need to be at. Awesome, right? Uh, They know it's the island because the natives love orange soda and there's orange soda everywhere. And I don't know, maybe Kel from Keenan and Kel was seen as a god to these people. I'm not sure, but someone loves their orange soda. So all on the island, you know, they start preparing the festivities for the sacrifice. And Meg Ryan finds out really, you know, like what you're going to sacrifice yourself. And she really doesn't know all the details. And come to think of it, how did the rich, white, old man know these details? Because I'm sure, even though HIPAA didn't really get full-blown until, like, 96, uh, as we know it today, I'm sure there were medical um, privacy laws in place back in 1990. So, just a thought. You know, someone's been a little snoopy here. Right before the ceremony to sacrifice Joe... It's determined that him and the Miss McGrind character should be in love because why not? And she wants to marry Joe. So they have the priest, messman, patriarch of the tribe marry them. But then now the marriage doesn't want Joe to go, and he has to, so she decides, you know what, I'm going with you. They go on, they get up there, you know, they hesitate. And then Joe and Meg Ryan jump into the volcano. So sad the end. Yeah, no, see, because of timing, the volcano gods were already pissed off. And a huge hot steam um, of moisture, because it wasn't lava, because that really would have killed them. But hot steam basically blew them back out of the volcano and they ended up in the ocean. So first off, they are not horribly burned from this hot steam coming out of a molten hot volcano. B, or C, or second, or whatever, they're now way the fuck out really far in the middle of the ocean. Well, not in the middle of the ocean, they're, they're a good view away from the island as they're out, um, as they're sitting there, and they get to watch, the island basically sink into the ocean, physics, uh, because the volcano gods are really pissed, and basically the whole island just takes a tumble like Atlantis. And Joe's now like, well, well, now what do we do? And Meg Ryan's all optimistic, like, we'll we'll get through this, you know, we can do this. And what should pop up? The magical luggage. I swear I want Joe's luggage because it's just perfectly everywhere. No way would it fit in my car, but you know, it's I'm pretty sure a suitcase is about the size of my car, but you know, it's gonna be there. <laughs> so. They see the luggage and she's all being optimistic and let's like, see, there we go. That's a sign. We're going to be good. No question of how the luggage got from the island out to them when the whole island just sank, but whatever. And that's when Joe tells her about his brain cloud. And she's concerned, but then she's like, brain cloud? Did you get a second opinion? Well, I. no, Joe did not get a second opinion about the brain cloud because Joe is smart. Um, And his reasoning is that Dr. What's-His-Name, basically, you know, he was very sure. And just as Ryan's starting to complain about, well, you never know, and she realizes, wait a minute. Dr. What's-His-Name is her father's doctor. And her father is his only patient. This guy is her her dad's personal doctor. The fucker made up the goddamn brain cloud it was a scheme cooked up between the dad and the doctor to find someone to continue the business. They, how many laws have we broken here? Like just human rights violations and just, Oh my God, someone's losing a medical license here. I mean, you made up a condition, you basically force someone into killing themselves because they didn't know any better with misinformation. You're just very lucky that they are still alive and, and it's crazy, but you know what? now that matters because joe's alive mitch ryan's alive they are beautifully floating in the ocean on top of their luggage they have a lovely view of the moon and they're going to be okay scene and that's the end of the movie so yeah it's you know it's you know what i will get into these details about my thoughts right after these words from some of my fellow podcasters Do you ever watch kung fu I love Kung Fu. If you love Kung Fu, join me on the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss, debate, and dissect Kung Fu and martial arts movies past, present, and future. Available now on iTunes and Google Play Music. You can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Kung Fu Drive In, the Facebook page Kung Fu Drive Podcast, or our blog. KungFuDriving.com Just remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. I know Kung Fu. Alright, now it's time for some of my thoughts regarding this movie. Uh, Overall, again, this has that nostalgic tint to me, so it is something that I am very, very fond of just because I remember watching this growing up. Watching this now, it still has a bit of charm for me. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. The, well, okay, when Meg Ryan is not, when Meg Ryan's a co-worker, and when she is the, she *Liberty gibbet, this is bad acting. You're just like, really, this is, this is bad. But you know what? She comes into her own when she is the Meg, when she is the final version of her character, when she's the final character, and. The acting does improve greatly from there. The characters were enjoyable. The writing was decent. Do you have to suspend some disbelief? Oh holy hell yes you do. But it is still a very enjoyable film and something that I would actually deem to say a family film. Uh, I'm using the term family as in a film that is not just for adults or just for kids. It's something that, say you have kids, six, seven, oh, maybe seven or eight or above, they might enjoy it as well because uh, there are a few funny moments. They certainly won't be bored, but then it's not a movie where the adults will be bored as well. It's something you could watch basically around, it's safe for work. There we go. There's no nudity. There's not really cussing that I can think of. It is basically just a good film that didn't need to rely on grossness, gross-out humor, nudity, profanity, um, horror, scare tactics. It didn't need to rely on any of those things. It just relies on the story. So, I give this a great two thumbs up. And definitely something I think my listeners would enjoy. So, now that I give my thoughts, I want to hear yours. Those, who, those who've seen the movie, what did you think of it? Let me know in the comments below, you, uh, below, not talking on YouTube. Let me know in the comments at There There is going to be a blog post for this movie. If you have questions, suggestions, um, constructive criticism, anything, you can let me know as well in the comments, or you can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Pajamas, or I'm on Instagram and Twitter at SMP underscore Jacks, and I'm there to answer all your questions. So again, thank you so much for listening. I want to give a shout out to all my listeners on iTunes, Stitcher, um, TuneIn, Jesus, I can't remember, uh, Google Play Music. (laughs) My paperwork where I read all the stuff off of is hiding at the moment, so (laughs) I apologize. But shout out to all my listeners on whatever service you're using. And you know, these services all have a great number of other podcasts to listen to, so when you're done with me, when you're done listening to my friends that we heard a little bit from earlier, check out some of the other podcasts out there. You never know what you're going to find. Um, oh, and don't forget, if you are into audiobooks, we do have that Audible Trial uh, that you can check out for three, free for 30 days at Audibletrial/smp. More information on the blog post at no noms.net as well. And, oh yeah, if you like this podcast, even a little bit, why not consider becoming a patron at Podbean? More information on the blog post as well, and I'd be eternally grateful. And I'll be, like, your best friend forever and ever and ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening. Uh, join us next time as we discuss the Tom Hanks, Dan Ackwood classic, The Burbs*. Um, and, yeah, until then, talk.